this week on the Brody and Mo In-Law Show. I'm a Judd yeah. Fish fan now. I'm in. These guys coming in and building up this genuine excitement for a team that last year didn't win like a real football game. So so in the draft, where do they go? They have to go I quarterback I want them to first. pick up a quarterback. We'll give you $8.35 if you will let us put up a banner at your Little League game that says, Sponsored by the Brody and Mo in Law Show. <laughs> say something and then I choked on my own spit. <laughs> so, <I'll laughs> so what happens when we don't do pre-production? Come on! All the wit and witticism just went down my esophagus. Welcome to... Welcome Mo, to get it together, Mo man. can't get his microphone stand to work. Because it's cheap and this microphone is too heavy. What is even happening right now? <laughs> That's called a microphone. It just is this real life, <laughs> dude. <laughs> well, everyone, thanks for listening to this episode of Mo Learns How to Use a Boom Stand, sponsored by Rode Microphones. Rode Microphones, <laughs> buy this if you don't want it to work. <laughs> <laughs> if you want everything you own to fall apart. By the no, Rhodes for microphone. real though, dude. Everything. This is all falling apart. Welcome to the Brody and Mo In Law Show, season two. The game stops here. A tale of free agency. Brody, I have uh, I have some free agency uh, sponsorship updates. Oh to roll yes. By you. All right, um, let's do it. By, by that I mean I have no one who wants to sponsor us. Oh, we. I mean, I gave it my all my all out with Waffle House. Right. <laughs> we, we, t- we tweeted at him at least twice. In the past month, <laughs> I wrote them a very, very kind letter. You did. On their I saw automated that. email. Yeah, I, I tried. They never responded to it. I thought it was a very kind email. Surely um, one of our uh, one of our, our throngs of listeners ha- has a connection to Waffle House. So if, if you guys have a better alternative, I, I, I'll take over the lead on that one because I know you've you've swung hard. It just didn't work. I have. Waffle House is huge in the like, east, right? It's a big eastern thing. The farthest east that I've gone to a Waffle House is on Dysert, which is two exits down from my house. (laughs) Well, what was it like there? Was it big? It was pretty, it's pretty popping. So it's, yeah. It's been there for like 30, at least 33 years since I've been around. So are we, we're talking what? That's like at least a mile and a half east of your location. Yeah, probably. Yeah, maybe close to two. What was the weather like? Hot. It was I, hot my whole dr- perception of the east is wrong I, it, it is it was hot and dry which i was always <laughs> thought would have been cold and moist it was hot and dry our teachers have lied <laughs> come on geography Boo. Wait, don't don't we have a solid east coast listening base isn't our virginia contingent pretty strong we have some very strong virginian virginians virginianites Vir- Virginia Knights. <laughs> Definitely just Virginia Knights. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> My good friends in Virginia, yeah. <laughs> listening to us strong. The, uh, from what I understand, uh, 
the Waffle House is is renowned for being able to be the best predictor of the severity of hurricanes on the East Coast because oh, the yeah. Waffle House shuts down for nothing. Like nothing. it stays open, rain, snow, sleet, hail. It's it's more mm. reliable than the US Postal Service. But when there is a really severe hurricane, you know it because the Waffle House shuts down. That's right. Out. Yep, that's what I've heard. Like that's what that's like beyond code red. Like it's code waffle. You uh-huh. get you have to leave. You had to leave yesterday. If if Waffle House is closing down, it's too late for you. If you haven't left, it's too late. In fairness, if you're in a Waffle House when it closes down, you're probably homeless. <laughs> you have nowhere to go. You have a Waffle Home, though. You're okay. You <laughs> you're okay. <laughs> and you know that building's not going anywhere because it's been there since the Renaissance, so it's fine. <laughs> There's just syrup holding up the foundations of that that's, structure. That's right. Embedded that's... deep into the into the superstructure. Brick and mortar has nothing on waffle and syrup all right <laughs> so so do our do our virginianites who have a, a strong affinity and affiliation with said waffle house can they get us any connection i'll work on that i'll work on that part i'm gonna take that off your plate you know it's a two-person podcast so i'm gonna take that off of your uh your uh all-star plate that they have okay. there at the waffle house and right so that's not in your so what what was your second update i think you had or or not had or yeah so so here's my thought is you know since season one which doesn't have a name we we started going with the naming mechanism in season two here because we really wanted to focus our efforts we really wanted to redouble what we've Mm -hmm. done to there's a large vehicle driving by my garage and it just got picked up in the mic did you hear that no never mind forget i said anything (laughs) We've we've redoubled our efforts Squirrel. this season to really try to focus in on garnering some financial sponsorships, right? Like we've we've yeah. been after Traeger for a, yeah. a long time. You gave a, a beautiful, heartfelt pitch to Traeger. In if that didn't work, one. then obviously nothing was gonna work. So we had to pack up shop on that one. We we have who else have we talked to? Uh Rocketbook. Rocketbook Rocket still has done nothing for us. Yeah. Other than be a fantastic product that I would use, whether they sponsor us or not. Rocketbook, thanks so much for your product. That, I do, man. I love my Rocketbook, dude. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a they, great one. They don't pay us to say this. We're just happy fans. Yeah. But they should pay us. But that's they sh- the they they absolutely should pay us. Uh, we've we've pitched to Waffle House. We have uh, we've had someone who owns Napa. I'm fairly certain is the, the CFO of Napa at this point. And we still don't even have a softball team. I'm yeah, dude. He I, I yeah, I've had some other conversations about that. Napa should have we had it in our breadbasket. I don't know if he owns Napa, but he certainly owns like the Pacific Northwest Napa. So we'll at least that give him that. That should be enough to sponsor a, a a small local podcast of of in Arizona of just his friends, right? Like you would think Anyway, all this to say, Brody, we're not we're not having the greatest luck garnering sponsorships, right? Like we're we haven't been able to secure any on our side. Yeah. We, yeah, you're right. So here here's my thought is you know, when life gives you no sponsorships, flip it into sponsorships. Let, <laughs> let's 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 flip the script. Let's push this game onto its head. Okay. And instead of trying to get a sponsorship. Yes. Let's let's the Brody and Mo in law show 
instead go sponsor somebody. Oh, you got to spend money to make money, right? Okay, yeah. Ooh, economics. All right. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. So here, here's my thought. We're we're a, we're a local podcast. We're 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 Arizona born and bred, small town local, right? One of the very few. Yeah, maybe the only. Maybe the only. Left. And our our main bent is sports. Mm-hmm. But we mm-hmm. also we also talk about raising kids. Yep. So we could probably find a way to combine those two and and leverage this into some kind of our own sponsorship opportunity. So my thought here, which I've I've relayed to you, that was our only pre-production to this, is to go out and try to sponsor like a little league team, like a local soccer, baseball, whatever little league sport team. You sent this to me. In our pre-production meeting that lasted hundreds of seconds. Uh, <laughs> and I think it's just an awesome idea. Like, is there a softball team, a t-ball team, a soccer team? I don't... I, is there a small... Is there a team out there of kids that is looking for a sponsor that we could sponsor? We'll, you know, give you a plug, maybe interview the coach, see how the season's going. You know relate back to the community a little bit. Like we're in, I, I think it's an awesome idea. Yeah. So naturally we had, we had a good, or you had a, the perfect connection for this. It, yes. And when you first approached me the idea, I brought it up to Chelsea. Uh, who's your sister, by the way. Uh, she, oh. <laughs> I gotta give you that reminder every once in a while. Uh, she was like, you know, you have a very long-term listener on our program. Probably the number one listener of the Brody Monaw show. Been here since day one in Mr. Phil Bashaw, you know, best host, guest host, and all that, who has a son who is in Little League. And I was like, oh, sweet. That sounds great. Like, this is exactly what we're looking for. Like, we, we maybe this is a potential sponsorship. So I text Phil and I said, hey, you know, we're... We're, we're, you know, I told him the whole idea and I was like, is, is your kids playing T-ball this year? And he was like, no, they're not playing this year. But uh, me and my buddy have a golf league that we play in once a week. Uh, oh, okay. If you want to sponsor that. <laughs> this is brand new to me. I haven't, haven't heard, heard this it. yet, but I'm already all on board with it. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, yeah, you want to, you want to sponsor us playing golf? And I was like, I got to bring that up with management. <laughs> It's like not exactly okay. what we were looking for, Phil. <laughs> so wait, so when I when I came into this, I was envisioning us. You know, first of all, like my parameters were this was I, like I wanted to set the cap of sponsorship somewhere at a, like a ludicrously low number. Right. I'm talking like we'll give you eight dollars and thirty five cents <laughs> if you will let us put up a banner at your little league game that says sponsored by the Brody and Mo in law show. <laughs> like that's what was what I was after. But now that we're talking about adults in a golfing league, it works even better, right? I, I don't even know what to think of this new information that I got. So you, you, I, do we just follow Phil around on the golf course with a banner? I think, I think part of what we require as his main and potentially only sponsor <laughs> is that he flies a B-Mills banner out the back of his golf cart. <laughs> <laughs> that's it that's it there's your eight dollar and 35 cent 
sponsorship, Phil. You got to fly, fly the B-Mills flag. <laughs> but, but I also I also love the idea because I was I was really envisioning that one day we would go to one of these Little League games and just be the most obnoxious fans you have ever met. Just like yelling at the refs, getting in fights with the opposing parents, oh, no. like that kind of thing. <laughs> But this works out better because there are no opposing parents. There are no refs. It's just us following Phil Bashaw and a bunch of grown men around a golf course and making sure they're playing up to our standards sponsorship. We could like tailgate it. Yes. Like cook some hot dogs and bratwurst and stuff in the parking lot at like four in the morning. Set up a ramshackle 16th hole shanty where we just sit and just <laughs> scream at them Phoenix Open style. <laughs> oh no. What's in that koozie, my friend? Welcome. Welcome. Yeah, I know. I'm in the Truly fan right now. Truly, truly. I say unto you. It's also because I don't have any Coors Light left. (laughs) We didn't go to the store. As good an excuse as any. It's good. I do like them. I do like the Trulys. They're good. Speaking of drinking, uh, the Arizona spring football game was today and Rob Gronkowski was uh, head coach for one of the teams. Oh, shoot. Now I hit my microphone. See how I did that? I saw that. Why would I do that? Um, <laughs> speaking of drinking, Rob Gronkowski, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect segue. Um, yeah, Arizona football is back. Dude, I'm, I, I was listening to, you know, I was refreshing my memory on, on our first episode one of season two, and we were talking about how we didn't yeah. know what Jed Fish was going to bring. I'm a Jed yeah. Fish fan now. I'm in. I, 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 I'm in. He's doing a lot for the program. He's getting people excited. I'm excited to see what he does. Like he canceled. He started practice early to go watch the girls play in the final four in San Antonio. He stopped practice early and put it on a big screen and got pizza for everybody. I'm in Jed fish. You're my guy. If you could win a couple football games, I'd be okay. You'd be really be my guy, but right now you're my guy. I I said this earlier, I think too, probably in that episode you, we listened to that. He he's going way way above and beyond with this rah rah Arizona. I'm I'm gonna make sure we get all the the uh, uh, old players on board. We're gonna get all the alumni on board. We're gonna make sure we do everything to harken back to the past. Today he wore at the spring game. He wore a a special windbreaker that was designed specifically for this game that was based off of a Dick Tomey design. So oh, wow. Dick Tomey used to wear all the time and he talked about it in the interviews. I I still find that all a, to be a little bit of a ploy. I understand mm. exactly why he's having to do it. But the reality is, is there were like 5,000 people in the stands yeah. for the Arizona spring game. Right. And they were genuinely excited. Yeah. And you've got arguably the biggest name in Arizona college football with Rob Gronkowski right. coming back. And then and Teddy Bruschi was there Teddy too. Bruschi also <laughs> on the other side is obviously no slouch. He just is not as like recency yeah. bias tells me it's Gronkowski's the guy, 
like you've got these guys coming in and building up this weird, genuine excitement for a team that last year didn't win like a real football game. We were talking about, dude, people are excited to watch them. They're excited to be there. That hasn't happened in Arizona football in at least two years, at least. Since uh, Kulate got hurt, you know, since Kulate got, got hurt, is it, people don't want to watch him, and that's unfortunate, but it's true. Uh, people are excited, and, and it's going to show that Jed Fish is—it's working. People are liking mm-hmm. the nostalgia, dude. Do you know who else was at the game? Oh, Willie Tuitama was there. Did you no, see he that? Wasn't. Yeah, he has a short, he has a selfie with him with Rob Gronkowski floating around Twitter right now. You'll have to find it. Did man? Did two people go in? More polar opposite directions than Willie Tuitama and Rob Gronkowski. Same team, and arguably Tuitama is like partially responsible for Gronkowski's success. Like, okay, he was the quarterback for every year that Gronk played at U of A, and Gronk was hurt for most of that second year. Yeah. So, like, the reason we've seen Gronk catch a pass in a U of A uniform is because of Willie Tuitama. But this is the first time I've heard that name. Since arguably 2000 and whenever. Well, obviously, you don't spend a lot of time at Buffalo Wild Wings in Tucson because that's what I've heard he manages now. (laughs) So, which is good. It's honest work for him. You know, I mean, that's great. Uh, But yeah, two opposite, opposite career paths. He was a good quarterback, though. He just got hurt. You know, he had concussion issues, which is unfortunate. Um, Yeah. Yeah, maybe if they haven't decided to play LSU that year, yeah. he wouldn't have gotten an irreparable concussion issue. That was, uh, yeah, that was not smart. Scheduling issues. All that to say, I, wa- I watched Rob Gronkowski break a Guinness World Record today by catching a football launched from a helicopter into Arizona Stadium. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is great. Yeah. This is, this is what I want to see. I want to see weird, this is it. stupid things that are going to go beyond the Arizona football sphere of influence. Like ESPN is going to show that because yeah. it's wrong. Yep. Mm-hmm. People who care about the NFL and about the Bucks are going to yeah. watch that because it's wrong. Sure. The Guinness Book of World Records is going to show it to all 50 people who like still care about that <laughs> particular entity. <laughs> So it's just a good idea. Yeah. Like it's cheese ball, but it's, it's like that is good marketing on the part of fish. And it's just, it's that block a in all of those entities that you just talked about is going to be shown in everything. And all of those players and recruits are all excited when he caught it and running up and ca- like, that's free marketing. You rented yes. a helicopter for a half an hour and that's what you got out of it. Is it, is it ironic that, as soon as Kevin Sumlin was finally gone, the swag copter finally started doing something for Arizona football. <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> he landed it one time at uh, Millennium High School, going to a recruit. Did yeah, he, really? he came to it. He came to it in a you know at Millennium High School throw in a helicopter. It was like, oh, it's cool. It's Kevin Sumlin. It's weirdly exciting to see airs like I'm excited for a new era of Arizona football. And conversely, maybe not conversely. Jointly, I'm excited for a new era of Arizona basketball. We haven't talked about this. I know. We yeah, we have a new head. Both sides of the sport. I know. It's been a few months or a few months, a few weeks since we've had a chance to chat. And like, so Tommy Lloyd's our guy. He he's the guy. No more Sean Miller. I I, I it. Yeah, it's still baffling to me. I don't know. I, there hasn't been much that's happened. I mean, 
for Tommy Lloyd to have the influence like Jed Fish did, like, you know, he came in either middle of the way or, or, or when the women's uh, basketball team was, you know, done with the tournament was over. So there wasn't much for, I don't think Tommy Lloyd to get as rah, rah about, if you will, like Jed Fish did. Um, but he's inheriting a mess. I mean, he, he really is. It's not his fault. Arizona basketball is in, in a, quite the pickle. So he's got a, he's got a tough road to hoe. We kind of talked about what we would have established as a metric for success for Jed Fish. And it was like borderline, get people interested in, or baseline, get people interested in Arizona football again. Yeah. Which he seems to have already somewhat done. Sure. What is, what is the baseline metric for success for Tommy Lloyd, given that we're likely about to see another season where they're going to be in a postseason ban? What, what is the metric for success for Tommy Lloyd? Well, I think the first one was there is a guy on University of Arizona men's basketball program who is named after Steve Kerr and Kerr Krista and went and came to Arizona because he loves Arizona. So step one was making sure he didn't leave because <laughs> like, he was thinking about going into the transfer portal. Nobody, I think he actually did at one point. He did. Yeah. And so Tommy Lloyd was able to bring him back. I mean, you're talking about a guy who's named after arguably one of the top three players to ever come out of Arizona basketball. So keeping him was, was I think, <laughs> pretty, pretty good win. Um, so I'll, I'll give him a win in that pocket. He lost James Akinjo to Baylor. Um, I don't know if I can blame. Did Akinjo? Yeah. I didn't see that he had actually committed to Baylor. I, I think I heard that floating around. He went to Baylor, which I can't blame him. Um, so I think my metric is, is I'm going to see we're in two different places because Jed Fish had to get people excited about Arizona football, right? He needed to get people just to be excited to even just to be excited that there's football on the field. I, I think Tommy Lloyd doesn't have that problem. People are excited about Arizona basketball pretty much all the time. Just the city of Tucson has always been a basketball city. Um, not always, but for a long time it has been, I guess been a basketball city so he doesn't have to get people excited he's just got to he's gonna have to weather the storm for at least a year i think is gonna be priority number one just weather the storm get through a season um <clears throat> you sh i would like to see him land a couple of recruits because hopefully after a year your band is gone right you, you'd like to think so you got some young recruits that are going to come in that are knowing that they're going to play for something um so weather the storm don't bring any more light of the FBI on me. Don't bring any more crazy recruiting problems. Just weather the storm. Win me a couple of good basketball games. Put let's get let's get um let's be in some basketball games. Like we talked about with Jed Fish. Like let's be in them. And don't lose ASU. I think that's pretty much our metric for me. What what about you? I I literally have nothing to add. Your answer was exactly what I was gonna say. Is you've got it. You've got to retain the recruits who wanted to leave because Sean Miller was gone, and he's already done a fabulous job of that. And you've got to run a clean program. Like those are your baseline metrics. That's it. Yeah. I, and what do you think about keeping Jason Terry? <clears throat> it, it it feels like it's in this. It's the other side of the same coin with Jed Fish, where you've got to kowtow to the 
of, of the alumni and the booster program who's like, we want this to be all Arizona all the time. Well, all Arizona was Sean Miller. Yeah. Like, that's what we got. That's what you all pushed for for so long. We need a new direction. Yeah. There is no reason for us to to hearken to everything in the past. Like, Lute was not someone who was an old Arizona guy. He was completely different, and he came in and put a new direction for the program. We've got that foundation now. Let this guy who's from Gonzaga, arguably a much better West Coast basketball program than Arizona over the past maybe decade. Yeah. Probably definitely over the past yeah. decade. Yep. Like, let that guy come in and bring some an, a fresh influx of new culture to the program. That's fine. And I mean, obviously, he can, and you just pointed it out. I mean, he's not coming from ITT Tech Institute of Technology <laughs> basketball team. He's coming from Gonzaga, like a foundational program who, I mean, I don't know how much he's spent on the recruiting trail. I've got to think a ton. I've got to think a ton at Gonzaga. He he knows that you how to build a f- program. He's been there for 20 years. Gonzaga didn't just spring up overnight. Like they've worked really hard at bringing in great talent and he knows how to do it. So I, I agree with you that he needs to bring in his own guys um, and bring in his own people. You have your your staple Mark U of A guy and Jason Terry, right? He, he mm-hmm. keep him. If if you had to, if you had to pick one of those as a, a obviously everybody was talking about Steve Kerr and he's not leaving the NBA to go coach at University of Arizona that's fine, um, but if you had to pick a former player who would it have been to be the head yeah coach to be the head coach be... the guy whoa Richard Jefferson <laughs> RJ really Richard yeah why because I think he's already proven his commitment to that program like i'm pretty sure the entire training facility is funded solely by him at this point i think it's called the richard yeah. jefferson training program richard, so, yep. like facility or whatever richard jefferson gymnasium and, and i i don't i don't put a ton of stock into the idea that you had to have been a head coach already to be a good head coach hmm. that's like a chicken and egg scenario hmm. right like there are a lot of guys. I think a lot of Shaka Smart, who went from VCU to Texas, mm. he. I mean, he had an incredible program at VCU yep. with that nationwide renowned defense. He went to Texas and he just got fired because he's not. He was not good there. Sure. He was good because he came up through a mid-major program and turned them into something, sure. and had a couple of good recruiting classes. Like Fred Van Vliet was in that yeah. team. Yep. Yep. NBA talents coming out of there. They were good. Yep. They were really good. But he's not that great of a head coach as he's been exposed when he got to a, a top-tier program, program in Texas. I I don't think that it should be a requirement that you've shown I am a major head coach somewhere, which is why I like the Tommy Lloyd hire a lot. Mm-hmm. It's because I think he has been the behind-the-scenes dude at Gonzaga. He's the recruiter. He's kind of the... He's the guy. mechanism that makes the wheel go. Yeah, Mark Few ultimately is the dude. Yeah, yeah. But there's a reason they had in Lloyd's contract. You're the next guy. Yeah, because they recognized yep. it. They knew that he was going to be great at it. So I don't care that Pazner has coaching experience. I think he's. I think he's been good. I don't know. I. I. I think that I put less stock in the fact that you've been a head coach somewhere as I would. Do you? Do you understand basketball? Do you care about the program? Do you have a vested interest in what you're doing? So I, I, 
I agree. I think Tommy Lloyd's a good hire. I, I think he's going to be fine. I mean, uh, he's going to chip, you know, tick all the boxes that we've talked about. He's going to run a, hopefully run a clean ship. He's starting to do practices and they seem intense. And so, I mean, guys are excited to be there. So, I mean, that, that seems all good. I think for me, if I had to go, but I'll go, if I had to go nostalgic, I think I would go with Channing Fry uh, to come mm-hmm. back and coach. Uh, talk about an incredibly smart player um, mm-hmm. and a passion for the group. Um I, I think I might have gone outside the box. And if you're not going head coach experience, I, I think Channing Fry would have been a, a, a fun name to kick around that didn't get talked about enough. Um, I mean, talk about Lute Olsen connections, talk about NBA experience, talk about all the things that you want to talk about. Channing Fry ticks all those boxes as well. So he would have been one that I would have been like to see name thrown around. I see here that you have our, our season two episode four is named the draft. Talk to me. Uh, NFL draft is five days away. Oh, it is. I have done NFL draft is, is this coming Thursday. The biggest news coming from the draft is of course, of course that yes, commissioner Goodell will be able to give dudes bro hugs again. Oh, good, 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 good. I missed that last year. So we'll, We'll all get to see that this year. I don't year. think Commissioner Goodell knew what to do with the Jumbotron last year. That was behind him. He was struggling. N- no, I don't think anybody really still understood Zoom. <laughs> yeah, Nobody still understands like... Zoom. <laughs> I think he did the double hand wave at some point. It was just, yeah. For sure. When you're getting off of a meeting, bye. Bye. You don't have to wave. You don't have to wave. I... You wouldn't wave on a phone call. Just click. Just go. I know. Please. I caught myself doing that this week. I was waving bye to people. I'm like, God, God, that doesn't do anything. Stop it. Stupid. I don't, I don't even know what to care about in the draft. I know the Cardinals have six picks. Let's talk before we talk Cardinals draft. They got another key element though, since the last time we talked in a running back with James Connor. Good pick. Good pickup. Do you, do you like this? Good pickup. Very good. You're missing oh, Kenyon Drake. I'm fine with Chase Edmonds. I, I think Chase is still the guy. Talk about a guy you can dump out of the back zone, backfield and make things happen. That's all he did at Pittsburgh. I had him on my fantasy team. That's how I know. Anyways. Okay. 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 Talk. Get, that's good. I, then you have a better perspective on him than I do. Because my, my rule is never pay money in free agency to an aging running back. And that's a good rule. I, I think that, that that's a fair rule because we've been burned many a time on dumping tons of money into an old, you know, 30s running back or whatever. But Con- James Conner had a lot of touches out of the backfield, a lot of dink and dunk passes. They ran a lot of the offense through him in Pittsburgh. Um, I think it was a good pickup. They needed to get a running back. Mm-hmm. I don't think any were going to fall to him in the draft. Um, so I think it's a, I, I think it's a good pickup. I mean... I see a lot more upside. He's got he's got moves to get him in get him into some open space. Um, I, I I don't know. I think he's a good pickup. They needed to address the running back situation. You have one at Chase Edmonds, and then it just falls off after that. 
So you have a mm-hmm. pretty dynamic one-two punch now. All right, all right. I I will stop lamenting that signing. What, what was your concerns? My concern is always that running backs are a, at this point in the NFL a disposable commodity. Like they are, unless you draft one young and he's like the guy. Yeah, running backs are come and go, and that they don't last that long. Mm. You get five, six years out of a running back. After that, they're getting hit so many times in a game that they're just beat to yeah, death. Yeah, like you can't sign an aging running back and hope that he's going to have the same year he did in his third NFL season. You're absolutely right. I mean, that's true. I mean, when you they take so much abuse, their bodies take so much abuse. But what another dynamic piece that again defenses are going to have to take a look at this summer. They have to account for James Conner. He's still an above average running back. He's not probably the best in the world, but he is still an above average running back that they're still going to have to take take advantage of instead of a third string practice squad guy that you bring up the day before. Um, right. So he's still another NFL. He was a starting running back for Pittsburgh Steelers. You have to give him some looks like mm-hmm. you have to give him some respect. Um, Hopefully it frees up a little bit more of the offense. This offense is pretty packed, dude. Um, they're pretty stout. They should put up a hundred points a game. On on paper, on paper, they really, really ought to. AJ Green, DeAndre Hopkins, potentially Larry Fitzgerald, yeah, Christian Kirk, James Conner, Kyler Murray. Murray. What like what do you want here? Every skill position is loaded yeah. on that team. It it will come. I don't know how many times we can say this. It will come down to Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah, this team rides or dies with Cliff Kingsbury, with which is calling. such a sad sentence to have to say. That's why I think <laughs> that's the only, not the only. That's that's bad of me to say, but that is a major reason why I want Larry Fitzgerald back. Not obviously, he's two hundred years old in football years. <laughs> um, he is a staple mark of Arizona. He, I, I mean, obviously we talk about his personal. I mean, he's just been incredible to the Valley, but like he is incredibly smart. He is a remarkably smart football player. Kyler Murray will get there at some point. He is not yet, but he is so smart to where it doesn't almost doesn't matter what Cliff calls at the end of games because Larry knows already like what needs mm-hmm. to be done. Um. That's one reason why I'm really pulling for there to come back another year. So, so in the draft, where do they go? What do you want to cornerback. address? Cornerback. Corner. You, got, you go defense first. You go, I mean, it's a deep wide receiver draft too. So mm-hmm. if you do lose fits, there are, there are guys you can pick up second round that would work here. If, if there's a guy there at wide receiver, I, I'm okay with that. But I would go love to see receiver first? Fill out the it's such a deep receiver draft. And if you're losing Larry and AJ green is old too, your only guy left next year is Deandre Hopkins. You've got to have someone on the other side of him. Cause it's not Andy Isabella. I can tell you that. Uh, yeah. I'm done with Isabella. Um, I, I still, they have to address defense first though. I, I want them to go cornerback. They have to go. I cornerback want them to first. pick up a cornerback. 
I, I think you're right though there. They have, I mean, I, I get where your logic is like at receiver. It's a steep drop off next year if they can't resign some of these guys or whatever happens. But like if they're, th- this team is built to win now. They are, they are putting a lot of chips in this year. I mean, it was evident with the James Conner signing and, and it was evident with the AJ Green signing, even again, aging wide receiver. But they are li- literally built now. So if you're going to, you need to go and get the most pro-ready cornerback that can start week one. I don't know if he's available, but if there is one, you need to make one that you can start week one on the defensive side of the ball. They gotta go defense if they're gonna if they're gonna go to the next level. Yeah, I don't. I can't argue with that. I'm I'm with you on it. And then in round two, you want to go receiver or whatever or. You know, you roll your chips with free agency next year. That's fine, whatever. But, dude, they have just spent so much money and they have put in a lot of work towards winning this year. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't... If they don't win... You know, you never say if they don't win the Super Bowl this year, you blow it up. But, like, if they don't go to the playoffs this year, you got to dismantle the team. Like, you got to fire your coach. Coach is gone. Everybody's gone. Like, I don't think this team is thinking playoffs. They're thinking Super Bowl. Um, and it, it, it's hard to argue with them because this team is so stacked. Like you, when you have those kinds of playmakers, you want to win the Super Bowl um, or you have a legitimate chance to win the Super Bowl. So I think they got to go cornerback first because that's the most pressing issue. Somebody that can play now. Write, write, write a strongly worded letter to Cliff Kingsbury. We all know where he lives because he posted a picture of his cool play, playboy house during the draft last year, right? Yeah. Like, can't be that hard to identify where the guy lives. Sure, we'll find it. Okay. So, what am I writing him to? Uh, just letting him know to pick a cornerback in the draft. You know, I saw a picture. Chelsea sent me a picture of the notes that you dictated for me in one of our <laughs> earlier episodes. And you so did... I'm not sure why you're pretending here that you're going to take these D- dictate... notes yeah, here. Uh... I will do my best, but it probably is going to come out with something that has to do with not cornerbacks because I'm going to forget. (laughs) (laughs) Dear Cliff, you are my favorite football head coach, man. Yay! Go team! Thank you. Yay, Cliff! Actually, you know what right now I'm really fired up over is I'm going to probably write Cliff Kingsbury about this. Mo, okay. take a note. Um, dear Cliff Kingsbury, please okay. use your powerful connections to mm-hmm. talk to whoever makes television commercials. They are confusing and I don't know what they're selling. Sincerely, Everybody who watches television. So I'm going to need some context here, and I'm going to need to know which commercial has prompted this particular Kingsbury dictation. Well, first of all, 
my Netflix went out the other day, so I had to watch regular television, which is just terrible. Oh, I'm dude, I'm so it's sorry. It's literally the worst. Um, oh. So I'm watching television, and like all of a sudden, there's this car that's driving through a bunch of bananas falling from the sky. Okay. And they're like, it's mm-hmm. raining bananas outside. And it's like, okay. And then it like stopped, or I stopped paying attention, one of the two. So I don't know if it was a car commercial or a hotel commercial or a banana commercial. I don't, I honestly don't know. Or a raining commercial. Like, stop making things so confusing for a, me. A raining commercial. A, a commercial, commercial for, for rain, rain, which in Arizona we could use a little bit of rain. So I'm fine with promoting it. But I don't need, I don't need this confusion in my life. Sorry, I wanted to go on that rant today. I've been thinking about it all week. Okay, let's see here. Look up rain, banana, car. So I, okay. I've, I've looked up car banana commercial. And what I've ended up on is a CNN business ad <laughs> saying that Audi, 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 Audi has a commercial about a girl eating a banana in front of a premium car and people got upset about it because they said that the girl was in a position where she could have gotten hurt by the car. Okay, yeah, that see, well, okay, that's not the commercial I'm talking about, but that's what I'm talking about and the fact that it makes no sense. We need to, we can do better people. Come on. No, this is all I'm getting is Audi insensitive ads here. I That's not it. Car raining bananas. Wait, raining bananas car commercial maybe? Raining bananas up, commercial. Up, 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 up! I got something. Okay, I am gonna look watch this commercial, and I'm gonna have you tell me what it is about. So you really don't know what this is about. I'll I tell think you I what do. It is I think I know. I think I know what it's about. But go ahead. Okay. Go. I'm still watching it. (laughs) Ah, okay. I see. I see. I get it. I get it. You don't get it. Okay, I get it. I get it. Okay, Brody, tell me what this commercial is about. It's about... It's about somebody... Tell me what it's for. Tell me what it's for. What it's for? What is this a commercial for? It's for a... I'm going to go uh, car. It's for a car. Correct. It is correct. It's for a fancy car. It is for a Lexus. A Lexus. A Lexus. Not a Lexus. A Lexus. Lexus. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. But so I still don't understand it. Now the premise is there are bananas hitting this luxury vehicle and a woman gets in and the voiceover person says, this car is ready for anything. And the person who gets in said, wow, this rain is bananas. I don't like it. I'm out. It's, it's a bad, it's not a good commercial. Okay. Is it just a bad commercial or does it just not make sense? Or am I just overthinking it or all the above? Probably all of the above. It's not a great commercial though, because I'm thinking that like you don't associate bananas with rain, like raining cats and dogs. Yeah. Sure. Let me, yeah. Throw give cats me a bunch and of cats dogs. and dogs. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. 
of course that's probably inappropriate you can't be throwing dogs at a car but <laughs> i mean i i think people i think these people in commercials they just like wake up and just write down their dreams and they're like all right this is it i had a dream about raining bananas and we're gonna roll a lexus through it done film it done, done. <laughs> why are we paying you for day two we just needed the first one <laughs> Um, I'm frustrated. I don't. I don't know. I, have you gotten your Netflix repair? I have, and so then? it's fine. Thank goodness. Yeah. So you've been able to watch the old staples. Did you know that Coco Melon has been trending in the top five of Netflix for yes. every day since the pandemic began? Yes, every day. Yes, I, dude. I have a two-year-old. I am well aware of where Coco Melon sits on the Netflix chart. <laughs> it is wild. It's everywhere, man. It's a it it's huh i can't watch it anymore since you've texted me i can't do it anymore since you text me about miss appleberry i can't do it i can't even look at you and not and not laugh like chelsea did chelsea googled her the other day did i tell no, you that oh i told she her did. not to do it I, I told her not to google miss appleberry no, I to, i've told her too she's like i'm gonna do it oh, i was like don't no. do it i i trust your oh, brother enough no. he would not steer me wrong in this and uh she did it anyways, and she's like, I should not have Google Miss Appleberry. I was like, I told no, you not no. to. I can't even like every time I can't even look. I'm not even gonna look at you anymore. <laughs> I can't even look at you or I'm ashamed. Just listeners, don't Google. I didn't it. do it. You didn't. I didn't do it. You didn't. I go- why did I even I think I Googled it to see if she was like based on a real person? Because there's one there's one scene in the show where somebody is reading the mom is reading a book and the title of the book says potty training like a pro by someone Appleberry. Oh, I'm like, Oh, is Miss, a- is Miss Appleberry based on a real Got person? It. I'm going to look this up. Yeah. So I Googled Miss Appleberry and it's just a bunch of, I don't even know people who don't have kids weirdos who are watching Coco Melon on their own who are super into Miss Appleberry. <laughs> <laughs> I came into this with very little prepared, so I just try and live up to your expectations every week. That's my goal. <laughs> Motto number one is uh, quantity, not quality. <laughs> just give them, a, give them a lot. Quantity is job one. Something will stick. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got number-wise for us this week? Oh, you want to pick this time? So this would this would be if Larry... If Larry plays another year, it will be his 17th year in the league. 17. But he he was drafted today, April 24th. Really? In uh, 2004. Round one, pick number three yep. by the Cardinals. He's played his whole career here. So given that I, ha- I have a strong suspicion that he's, since he's waited so long and he's being so coy about everything, we're, we've probably seen the last play of Larry Fitzgerald's career. I th- I think we have. I don't think he's coming back. Wow. So, fearing that, I was going to go 11 because it's a number. It was boring. Mm. 
Let's go 16 since he's played all 16 here. Six. All 16 years here, and he was drafted today, 16 years. Yeah, I love it. 16 is going to be the number here. What do you want to do? Larry, thanks for listening to the Brody and Mo In-Law Show. If you want to get a hold of us, please just text me, bro. You've got my number. I've given it to you a million times. For everybody else, you can find us on Twitter at In-Law Show. You can email us at pmils2020 at gmail.com. Otherwise, we'll see you all next time. Bye, guys.